So is uh, Julio Jones going to help the Titans? <sighs> Unless he can play yeah, corner. I they mean, can't stop anybody. Yeah, they're going to have to outscore some people. <laughs> He's going to help them as out. Let Henry uh, actually run the ball and do his job. Yeah, as long as game manager can be game manager. I think I like Tannehill. Yeah. I mean, he's put up two so, good years. Of, he has. He has. Can't believe it. I mean, how many, how many years do you think he has, though? I mean, he's. you think he's past his peak? He's definitely past his peak. Yeah, but how he plays, I mean, he could play forever. Right. I mean, as he long doesn't, as, he doesn't really he take numbers up. He doesn't really take shots. So. Right. I like him. Yeah. Are, are, you, for his, are you a Tannehill fan? He can throw for his. Since he's been with the Titans. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to him before that, but. Uh, I, I do like. I, did he come? Like he went from my uh, from Miami to us, right? Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, didn't we give up like a six round pick? I mean, everybody was just beating down his door to get him. <laughs> yeah. No. It, yeah. It's been it's been it's a been great a move for the Titans. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about their schedule. I, I, I think got, it's kind of tough. Yeah. I haven't yeah, looked at it. I know they got a tough tough road, maybe. But well, they got a good division. So. Since we've already gotten started. I guess we'll go ahead and make it official. Welcome into GPS to God. We are glad you are back. And we would love for you to like and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube. And we've actually made a change now. So we have our own YouTube channel. We're branching out, boys. So you can oh, find us on YouTube. Finding us on YouTube at GPS to God. Just search that on YouTube and you can find us. We will still be on the Parkway Baptist Goodlettsville page, but we're trying to make it easier for the listeners to find us. So search GPS to God on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes. Please make sure you like and subscribe. And we have a little contest, boys. This is a surprise for everyone in the room. Hmm. Except for you. Except for me. (laughs) Rude. Yeah, why is why is the boss? I, I try to. I don't know about that, but you know, I try to keep you guys entertained as well as all the listeners. So okay. we are going to give away some prizes. Hey, but that okay. means some work has to be done on the listener end. The first 100 people to like GPS to God page on YouTube will be entered to win a gift card. Five winners out of a hundred. That's pretty good odds. I like it. It's pretty good. It's pretty I good. Mean, I mean, it's probably yeah. only around five percent, but you right. know, do our That's wives nice. do That's our nice. wives count? I guess right. were they excluded? Uh, it's the first hundred people that oh, okay. like the page. Okay, that subscribe to the page. Okay, and so see Grant's going to be subscribing. <laughs> and so, <laughs> rack up you're going to create, you're gonna create yeah. him an account. <laughs> if you subscribe, leave us a comment so we know that that how to get back in touch with you. But when the, Zoe wins this, we're coming straight for you for questions. I, you know, she's she's lucky. She's lucky. <laughs> so we're going to give away five gift cards, and then we're going to have a grand prize winner. Hey. Okay. The grand prize winner gets to be on the podcast. <laughs> nice. I like nice. it. So that's going to be uh, a good win. Good time for, for all of you. We appreciate your support. So find us on uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. And also, make sure you like and subscribe. You can email us at podcast at parkwaybc.net. Podcast at parkwaybc.net. Suggest some movies for Ryan to watch and get caught up on. Because I live live in a cave. (laughs) Tell us some topics you want us to talk about. And uh, tell us how many people you got to register for you. First 100 listeners or first 100 subscribers. 
We started off with football because we have a special guest with us today. We have Mr. Zach Edson. Welcome aboard. I appreciate you guys having me. And Zach is going to talk a little bit about everyone's favorite subject, money, wealth, trying to trying to get some of that. I the asked real Stefano. question is, do they truly grow on trees? No. <laughs> I asked Fano for a loan every week, and I haven't gotten one yet. No, no. We have the, we have the guy in the room tonight. That, uh, the, the ATM has yes, arrived? Yes, yes. Wow, I don't yes. know who lied to you boys. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We got the man. Got the man here tonight. Well, we started talking about football because our our special guest, Mr. Money Pockets, Richie Rich himself, according to Fano, has. I, I don't know if that's true, but I do know this is true. Zach has been to multiple Super Bowls, throwing it back to football. Mm-hmm. I, um, my wife would say I have been to one. I would uh, I would say I've been to three. Um, the first one was in Minnesota uh, to watch uh, the Eagles and New England play. Uh, hey, which Fano's yes. a big Eagles fan over here. Fly Eagles fly. Yeah, and uh, I, I invited him, and he turned me down. He actually stood me up three days wow. before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, yeah. were you charging face value for these tickets, or? or? Uh, no, no, it was uh, just can you go? Do I have a rebuttal? <laughs> I don't know if you have a rebuttal, okay. but I hope okay. you do because there's some backstory. I am hearing okay. you were offered free tickets to the Super Bowl and a flight. You're and a flight. I mean, this is like Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy. Okay. You won the grand prize. Okay. Your team was in the Super Bowl that year, and, okay. and they and won. You, and you ghosted him. Okay. That's what do I'm I hearing. A, I don't know. I have a rebuttal. Is this the, the time mi- where I, I hope the like mic a, is yours? Okay. Anniversary, a little context. Something in a little this. context here. So I am an Eagles fan. So back in, I believe it was 2003 or 2004, these same Philadelphia Eagles with McNabb and Terrell Owens, they played the Patriots, led by Tom Brady. It was in Jacksonville. I looked up the tickets. Nosebleed, I believe, was $1,200. I can't afford that now. Especially couldn't afford it then. So I chose to watch it here at my friend Greg Lott's house. They lost, so I was glad that I did not go to the game because watching your favorite team lose a Super Bowl, the flight home, the experience there around Patriots fans first, the flight home after a loss, the money spent after a loss would be a little much. So fast forward to 15 years 15 or 14 or 15 years later get the opportunity via Zach to go to Minneapolis some details were left out there was a major snowstorm in Minneapolis that is true it was about it was about negative 20 there 100 percent okay (laughs) playing against the Patriots again severe underdogs again so this is the year they had a backup quarterback, right? Nick Foles yep. led Eagles against Tom Brady's Patriots. So, as much as I would love to go, I, I'm a diehard Eagles fan to the death of me. But I'm a, also a realist, and I did not think in any way that they could win that game. There's I did not want to, A, even though it was free, free ride. Thank you, Zach. The cold... The potential loss, the flight home. 
was a little bit much for me. So I watched it at uh, my in-laws' house. Had a Super Bowl party there. I could walk out of the room when I wanted to. Didn't have to be around anybody cheering for the Patriots. And they won. I can live with it. Have you ever been to an Eagles game in person? I have gone. Another thing. So these are factors. So uh, I'm building here. I have only seen the Eagles win one game in Philadelphia. It was in 2013, 2010, right after Lori and I got married. They've only won once. I've gone to six Eagles games. Two against the Titans. One in Atlanta. No, two in Atlanta, I believe. That one in Philadelphia. So I guess I've been to five. Yeah, I guess they're one in four. It's not the, so, not the best percentage. So, I mean, that's in person. You just played your odds. Yeah. In person, I'm a jinx, I guess, to them. Who knows? But I didn't want to experience it. So... Are you taking credit for their Super Bowl win? No. No. Up until You're just saying you were zero, not a, a jinx. No, I I don't know. I didn't want to be I didn't want to be the jinx there at the, at the Super Bowl. I mean, if they had a chance to win, if they had a chance to win that game, I'd rather watch it from my house if I could assure that they were going to win that game rather than in person. That's a sick way of thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I understand that. But it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I understand that, too. But a win is is worth it because it can't be taken away, even if I was there or not. Well, Ryan's been roasted for movies. You've been roasted for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know what's coming up when it's my turn. But. Welcome to the club. <laughs> but, Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the finance world, uh, what you did maybe in college. I can do that. Um so I've always had a passion for the stock market, and my parents um, were heavily involved with that. And uh, they they basically at 16, 17 years old when I graduated was, you know, here here's the money we have saved for you for college. Go do with it what you what you like. I've never heard of a parent doing that before. <laughs> yeah, they, they gave me the example of you can go buy a new car, you can put a down payment on a house, or you go to school. And uh, it worked out really well because uh, I started working um, at UBS. I guess it, prior was Payne Weber, and prior to that was J.C. Bradford, and they uh, they paid for for college. So that was that was a, a good perk for me because I had my parents' money and I had I had them paying for school. UBS paid for college. Yes, they did. So it was real nice. I worked my first uh, my first job there was basically the. Um, the guy on the back of your ATM card if you needed uh, balances or help with online access. Um, I worked 10 to 2, uh, you know, 20 hours a week. It was the it was the be- looking back at that that might be the best job I've ever ever had. Um, and then about a year or two after that, they had they were going to hire some people and asked me if I wanted to stay on full time, and I did that um, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I went to class all day on Tuesday, and Thursday. Um, Amanda got out of college we i started a semester before her amanda's your wife yes, for those is. that don't know that's correct and uh she i started i graduated a semester early she finished and i still went another year i was having having so much fun she will say it was because i was working full-time i would say <laughs> i was having fun uh, but anyway uh at, at ubs they um so i guess i did that for like two or three years and then i got into a financial advisor associate program where they um they basically brought in a hundred kids and said, "Hey, you know, you're going to get you licensed. We're going to show you different aspects of finance, from financial planning to 
sitting on trading desk. And then 08 happened, and um, I got to witness my manager in New York get let go, walked out of the building, and I was thinking, this is this is not good. I mean, there's like 120 kids up here, and all we are is a big cost. They're paying for our rent, giving us a good salary. Um, and I was one of the seven they kept and uh, came home, and I was working in Franklin at the time, and there was a manager who became – a mentor towards me um out of nashville and he was like zach why are you driving to brentwood every day you live in hendersonville why don't you just come to west end and work so i started working there as a kind of a quasi branch manager under him and uh, it allowed me to see you know the manager aspect of finance and then of a brokerage firm and then PL. and i got to uh kind of run my business on the side which was just the best of all worlds and uh he got he got asked to leave, and I joined a father-son team. And uh, from there, I worked with them for four or five years. And then up until three years ago, I started working for myself. So I, uh, you know, I only knew one firm prior to me, you know, making the jump to my to myself. So you said PNL. Yeah. What, what is that for us uneducated so, people? So profit and loss. So I got to see how the business was ran. Uh, what 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 was on this side of the balance sheet and this one? What they expenses. Um, you know, it helps you kind of put in a framework of like when you run your own company. Hey, you're paying rent. Hey, you're paying for the lights. Not just taking in money. You've got some expenses. <laughs> right. Fano knows all about that. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> World of PNL. <laughs> so. Less, less glamorous than yours. <laughs> Fano's a big wig manager for a major corporation, for those of you that probably don't know that. He's way up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He carried his company through this pandemic that we've had. So 2008, Zach referenced that. If you're young like Ryan and you were in middle school or something, <laughs> there was a financial recession in our great nation in 2008. I was just graduating that year. You graduated high school in From 08? middle school? In 2008? No, not school. <laughs> high school. Give me a little bit of credit here. Come on now. Yeah. Well, he was with – anyway, let's move on. <laughs> so we really want to get into the fun stuff. So just, I'm all about the fun. Why don't you tell people what you do now, kind of day-to-day, some of the things – I can't get into everything, but some of the things you do day-to-day – as a advisor today is that the right title yeah. advisor yeah that's right um so i mean the 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 non-glamorous things is you know dealing with the market uh you know looking at mutual funds or individual stocks or screening eight thousand funds that i do every day that's not the glamorous part uh working for you know what what you guys like to talk about sports is uh the glamorous part of my job uh because i i like going to games i like helping athletes because I would like to think I'm trying to buck the trend of them going broke three to five years after they're done playing. Mm. And so getting to see how they spend their money, how they get it, I mean, it's a, it's a real eye-opening experience to see, you know, you, you hear about it and you read about it, you see it on ESPN, but until you actually see a check being deposited every other week for massive amount of money, you just, uh, it's, it's not real. But, you know, trying to help them is what uh, is what's fun about this job. What sports do you rep- do you have clients that play? I'm gonna say all the major sports, so uh, MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL, and then we have we have several guys that play professional basketball overseas. So you have to keep up with 
different salary structures and the way they get paid in all those different sports all of it is uh is different i mean you, everybody likes baseball and and the nba because it's all guaranteed money uh the nfl is you know all about can i get signing bonus up front uh nhl is kind of a hybrid you get kind of a signing bonus and they say it's guaranteed unless you go through a pandemic in which case it's not not really um <laughs> you know, the nba says it's all guaranteed but not for death so you know uh, it, it, there is a lot of different avenues that you have to know if you're going to represent athletes and and their money because it, it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts there. It's not like your typical you know guy that works nine to five or you know he's a farmer or a doctor or a lawyer. Those those things are are much easier. Um, you know they get a salary, the money comes in, uh, but the athletes are much different. So how detailed are you with the athletes? in what the service you provide for them versus a regular person what we would call a regular person with a regular job like like the regular people around this table like the three (laughs) regular average joes at this table next to you it's uh imagine your your life that you that you guys have uh where you know you're all adults here and you you ryan just ryan barely barely made that (laughs) adulthood everybody but ryan everybody uh you know, take you, notes, son. Take notes. You get paid. Drop the pen. <laughs> you get paid once every other week. You know, once a month. How, however, you get paid, it comes into your checking account. You have your bills automatically set up. Um, you know, you know what you can live on. You know what you spend. Uh, but imagine being nineteen or twenty and never set up a checking account. You don't know anything about buying houses. You don't know anything about taxes. You don't know. I mean, you're just you know it you are at such a young age that you become the ceo of yourself uh and you've got to trust somebody right because it's more money than probably your parents have seen and uh so you you know the first step for them is an agent and the agent's only looking out for their contract and endorsements that they can sign for you and so then they a lot of times will find a manager or a financial advisor that kind of has a hybrid role into that um and so details are 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 very important i mean i try to see my guys once a month and just kind of break out hey look this is everything you spent on your credit card these are all the automatic withdrawals uh this is all the money that we gave away this is all the money went to your foundation business um i mean we we break down every transaction every month and um you know checks that have cleared um you know these are here's your payroll here's your endorsements uh so i would say details are um very important to them because they don't keep up with it i mean you know i i try to send them once a week these are the transactions i see on your credit card is this you and you know if it's under a hundred dollars and i tell them it's for amazon the the response is i guess like i mean they, they no clue no clue <laughs> i don't even know what the right term is but you're basically a, a pseudo parent because you were for some of these guys i don't want to speak for all of them but for some of them you are actually paying all their bills and there's a lot of hand holding you right? are supporting their family make you know if they have family that they've set up financially you're supporting them they have zero responsibilities basically because of you they want to know like hey when i'm in season right everything is going to be taken care of and uh you know then they're going to see it but they're not responsible i mean you know from the phone calls to you know it could be anything from a pool cleaning service to moving cars across the country selling real estate buying real estate um helping helping family buy real estate make sure it's titled in the right name um there's just a there's a lot of factors there that that go into it but so it's i need to be detailed how often are you checking so you said once a week you're kind of following up with them you meet with them once a month Mm -hmm. 
how much time do you spend checking account balances for other pe- for clients? Absorbing an amount of time. Like I don't know. Looking back at it, is I don't that a daily to, task? Uh, so like in the morning, I run through what the balance was last night into today to get a difference, and then I kind of take that difference and see what came out to make sure those numbers match up uh look at the credit card because that's not due to pull out on a certain day so i kind of keep a running tally of that um and then on paydays i see what comes in i keep up with their endorsements if they get paid once a quarter or monthly um so yeah i mean it's it's um it's not the nine to five, right? I mean, it's probably like you know we're literally at, wasting his time right now. Yes. <laughs> he could be he could be doing yes. stuff right yeah. now, but no, you decided to join us, so I appreciate that. Somebody is spending a ton of money right now. <laughs> we have a great episode on anxiety. You can go back and listen yep. to that when this is over and ease some of your symptoms there. But are you basically their ATM? Like, how do they get money? If you're hand, handling all their finance, can they just take a debit card to an ATM, or do they call you, or, or what's the? You know, we're we're in fantasy land right now, so we're we're trying to. So I mean, no different than 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 everybody at this table, right? I mean, I set up a a checking account for them with me um, that has a debit card, and I link a you know I, most of the time I use an American Express black card, so I can get you know. A bigger limit than what I could on a typical credit card. Sorry, what's what's a black card? <laughs> yeah, what's that? Besides, what, I know what the color is, but I know oh, it's heavy. He, he's taking his oh, wallet out heavy. for those of you uh, listening. So this is what it does. Yeah, I, I don't know if you heard that. But <laughs> I, I did. I'm, I did. <laughs> yeah, about it's a, cracked it's a, the table. It's a slab of metal here. I'm going to hold the microphone up to it. So, yeah. it blew okay. my ears. So, so after we establish a checking account with a credit card debit card everything tied to it i then will have another account where all their bills hit and keep it separate from their direct deposit because i don't want you know one day they lose that debit card or somebody comes in their house and then just starts going crazy um lessons i have learned right i used to tie all their bills to their credit card and then i realized about once a month they would lose that credit card well then who gets to reset up comcast and water and electric and all that uh so now it's just auto drafted out of the checking account because they don't take checks with them so i don't have to worry about them losing that um so so they have access to everything in the account and then they've got the credit card obviously that they run on day to day and then uh then we have an investment account for them um if they have children we have 529s for education for them um you know and most of my clients cases i have family so that's mom and dad brothers and sisters um if they have a business which most athletes do to uh put their endorsement money in so it gets taxed at a lower rate um then we have foundations that they give money to for basketball camps and things that they're interested in um so i mean you could see where it could get big right i mean uh you know a typical client that has one or two accounts with me uh, an athlete probably has 20 or so so i mean it's a it's a big undertaking I mean, you probably have guys across the nation that maybe, you know, if they're playing in a basketball league overseas or something different time zones, obviously. So what is your this is, is your phone on all the time? It's all the time. No, no nine to five. Uh, it makes it really hard if I ever went like on a cruise or something where I didn't have Wi-Fi or access to things. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 24 seven because, you know, you, you think about people and their money and, you know, they want to be accessible. And so that's one thing that I, I try to preach to people is like, you know, here's my cell phone number. Right. Most bankers or financial advisors is eight to five. Right. When they leave, you know, call me tomorrow. But when I have their banking and their debit card quits working, like they're not waiting on hold. Right. They're just calling me. And so then I get to wait on hold. Um, but it, it's um, it's something that I established so long ago that I can't. 
I can't go back on it for for existing clients. Now for future clients, that that's something that I'm taking a hard look at. Of like, hey, like you pay me to manage your money, not to you know be your banker. But mm. it's funny that most athletes want the banking and don't care about the investments of what they pay me on. They just want to know does this debit card work and who do I call if it doesn't. One eight hundred number on the back. That's where I used to work in college when I got started. <laughs> Try one of those guys. <laughs> so, do you? I'm trying to think how to best word this. Do you spend more time on one particular account, like one person, client, than others? Not because they have more accounts with you, per se, but just because they need their hand held just a little bit more. I would say a majority of my client, regular clients, I see, you know, I talk to them every day or once a week, once a month. But an athlete, I'm going to talk to somebody in that family every day i mean there's just there's just so many moving pieces to people going on vacation to i mean you just you just name it anything that goes on in your life from a car wreck to you know traveling um buying furniture uh i mean you name it big or small i'm 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 involved with in some facet with it with an athlete nice i know that you it's financial advisor how how are they when you have to advise and maybe i know you can't say no because it's their money but what about your suggestions to them are they the most of your clients that you have is it well received do they listen to you most of the time or do they i I know that might be an odd question no i'd say most of them i mean that's that's what i tell them right like you know if if you ever had a business opportunity or one of your buddies from school wants to start this company you need to have some safeguards in there because their gut reaction is, yes, I want to help the people that are around me to better Mm -hmm. themselves. But I always tell them, like, if they're not willing to put in the time to get you a business plan or they don't know what that is, then you probably need to move on, right? Mm -hmm. And most of my clients that are athletes will say, look, pitch it to Zach, and if he thinks it's good, then we'll talk about it. Or, you know, hey, uh, I can't give you money this month because, you know, my allocation for gifting I've already met it. So, you know, I'll try to help. But they use me as kind of a buffer to their family. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but it's, I mean, like today, I had a a client that just came home from overseas and they won a championship in Japan. And I didn't even know they had basketball in Japan. But uh, so he was like, I'm going to get a significant bonus. So I'm going to go buy this jewelry. And so he goes and buys the jewelry. We haven't got the check yet. And then today he's like, hey, I'm going to take a trip to Hawaii. So we get that booked. And he was like, so, Hopefully my check covers that. And then I got an email today from the team that it's like half of that. So I'm like, you know mm. that you've spent double what came in. And he knows it, but he, you know, he rationalizes it somehow. So uh, I would say that, yes, they, they, they call me and, um, you know, I, I push back when I can. Uh, yeah. But it's not something that, you know, I just tell them, hey, this is, this is the budget for this month. This is where you're at. And, you know, some of them are better at it than others. <laughs> so, so what happens – if somebody runs out of money, what what would you do for them in that case? Has um, that ever happened? I, I've only had one that's on the verge, and uh, that's that's <laughs> going to be painful for me because he he's made um, he, he's made into the seven figures. He's done very well, but um, you know, much like most athletes, right when they when they come from. Uh, what's that? rags to riches so quick and then they bring people along with them they can't tell them no and uh, so he goes overseas and makes great money but he comes home and it's a non-stop party he can't, he can't cut it off and every year he's making less but the lifestyle is still mm. at the top where it was when he was making 
the top dollar that he was making. And so he just keeps whittling down the principal, and he, he's not going to have much left. I mean, most guys think that, hey, when the game is over, I'm going to go and be, you know, Charles Barkley or Shaquille O'Neal on TNT. And the reality is nobody knows who you are, and you're going to go back to coaching high school basketball making, you know, much less than what you're making now. So it's tough. What's the difference between the sports as far as their pay? Or is is there a difference if you got a, a client who is a basketball player in the NBA versus a, a client who is an NFL football player? Basketball, uh, as far as like what they make, I mean, it, it ranges, right? I mean, you know, the the contracts are so. I would say the probably the richest contract in the NFL right now is probably either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Somewhere, Patrick Mahomes, right? Is it not Patrick Mahomes? He's got a he's got a big deal like like two hundred fifty. No, his is like four hundred million, it's, it's right? Half, but it's a lifetime half, deal, half a billion. billion. So mm. you take somebody like that and stretch it out over the years. So it's a ten year deal, so like fifty million a year, roughly. Um, he's what twenty. I don't know. He's got that. He's got that catch-up endorsement. I don't know if it's Heinz or what, too. But they're throwing some money at him. Mercy. Couple, so I, couple I, nickels. Mercy. I would say that they all. You, you can make great money in all of them, obviously. But what I find is football money is harder for those guys to manage um, because they only get 16 game checks. So, you know, from when the season starts late August, early September, they start getting paid every week. Well, when the season's over in January, they don't get another game check until next September. So they've got to make their money last all year long, which is no different than the rest of us other than we get paid year-round. Um but so you take a an NFL player that gets drafted, and most of them get significant signing bonuses because they want that money up front. Well, then they go after half of it goes for taxes. Then they go buy the house, the cars, the toys, and then if they have any lifestyle in the season, they are struggling, you know, into next season because now their 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 salary is almost like minimum salary in the NFL because they front-loaded it with a signing bonus. So football is hard. Basketball, you know, it's paid year-round, which is which is really nice. Um, baseball is per game, but they play so many games. I mean, it's like 162 <laughs> games or something. So uh, they get paid a lot all the way around. Um, and NHL is uh, just through the season, so it's like October to April. Um, so I would say NBA is the best and NFL is the worst. When you do this – for athletes when they call you what what are some of the problems they're having is it just hey i'm out celebrating or i'm buying it i'm out celebrating and i need some more money or i'm buying a house and i need you to set up the mortgage payments or whatever you would do i mean there, there's there's really nothing that you know from from the smallest thing to the biggest thing i mean uh you take a kid that's you know just straight out of the draft and the first thing on his mind is you know he's getting a suit for draft night and then after that he's got to report to team training camp so he's got to get there and usually the team flies him there but after that it's like you know he gets shuttled off to the team of like hey do you want an apartment do you want a condo you want a house um, you know, here's your direct deposit or here's your signing bonus. And, you know, where do I put it? What I, I mean, they are just, I mean, I mean, you can imagine if you were 18, 19 years old and all of a sudden, you know, you just signed a 30 or $40 million contract and they're going to give you, you know, 10% of it up front. You know, what, what would you do and who would you turn to? I think we would all say our parents. Mm. But in their case, you know, sometimes they're trying to shelter that a little bit for mom and dad or friends. Um, but in their case, their life is much more public than, than ours, right? You just get on Google and you can see what they make. So there's no there's no secrets. Uh, the, the, the thing that they have to 
try to educate their friends on is when they need things and they say, well, man, you made $30 million this year. You, you can help me. And then you, then they start telling them, well, you know, that's the big number, right? I see half of that. And then, you know, I live and I bought a house. and I, So the education for me, for them, is is much different than it is for my typical client because my, my typical client is they're adults right they, they understand they know what they're investing in uh they know how much they've got to save they pay their own bills um so it's just a different it's just a different culture that's amazing to me that you yes have to pay their bills and kind of do their do that do that kind of stuff for i mean you're like a butler almost <laughs> a financial butler the real question is can i afford you <laughs> We're, we're, we're going to get into some, some regular person financial talk, you know, before this is over. But we're trying to get the get the, all these big, grand Hollywood movie stories out right. there here at the beginning. Since you work for yourself now, like, how do you, like, market yourself? If that makes sense, like, like there's an athlete. How do you know that they're looking is it just like word of mouth i assume or yeah i um you know i kind of kind of fell into this to be honest i um most of my clients were just regular clients and we started a um basically we were helping 401ks for companies so you know they're if you have a 401k through your employer you have a select group of funds and then an advisor will come in and help you select those based on your risk profile and so that's that those were all of my clients because it was almost like a built-in referral system like mm-hmm. i get into the company every time they hire on an employee they've got to call me and gotcha. so it was, it was that, that's how we built it with me and this father son and then i had a friend that was going to be in trying to be an agent and he asked me to come down there and meet one of his clients or prospect clients and i was like yeah you know i love sports you know they need help and uh from there it went to uh a a referral from there uh was a guy that worked at a gym that uh worked out an nfl player and then from there was i mean it just kind of snowballed from there Mm -hmm. um but i i think i've made connections with probably i'm going to say the top 10 nba agents i'm going to say probably the top 10 uh, NFL agents I and mean, it's a small network so once you're in there it's everybody kind of knows everybody and there's gotcha. there's thousands of Zacks out there I mm-hmm. mean there's just not um, there's not a one trick I mean they all I don't care if you work for yourself and you know custodian the assets somewhere else like a Raymond James like what I do mm-hmm. or you work at UBS or Merrill Lynch or um, Morgan Stanley Goldman Sachs we all can do the same thing right I mean we all can invest in individual stocks mutual funds ETF we all buy the same thing so then what does it come down to well I can't imagine too many guys being given out my cell phone number you know available 24 7 so mm-hmm. I'd like to think that sets me apart and then um, you know, I get to decide what I charge, right? And at mm-hmm. a big firm, they kind of have thresholds and what they can charge. Um, so if I wanted to win business because of price, I feel like I could do it. Um, but I'm at a stage now where it's just it, – it's mainly referrals. And then I want the quality athlete, not just mm-hmm. the athlete that's going to blow through all the money. That doesn't help yeah. anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess that's a long-winded answer to tell you that no. you know, it's all it's it's basically referrals at this point. Gotcha. But I'm not I'm not going to AAU games and right. hanging out with coaches and you know uh, college coaches and trying to get in because you know that that game has changed. I, mm-hmm. I you know you think about like how players are getting paid now at such an early age, and you got the G League that's right after, so you don't have to go to college. Um, 
I think you're going to see this likeness and name and image past this July where you can start, you know, selling your autographs or pictures mm-hmm. or getting sponsorships on social media. Um, so then a kid is really going to have a tough choice of like, hey, I get paid to go to college and I get the college experience or I don't go to college because I don't want to go to class. Do I go to the G League or do I go overseas? I mean, there's just going to be more options for kids and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't have the answer. I just, yeah. you know, they're just going to there's going to be different avenues for them to make money. What sets you apart from a manager? Because listening, you're doing so, – right. I would consider you a manager, even right. though you're just a financial advisor, but you're doing, for my novice ears, more than what someone at a big firm would do, obviously. A hundred percent. So there, there's, some, there's, some, there's some gray there of, you know, I'm not out there looking for an endorsement deals, and that's what they kind of tout, but I, I could argue that's the agent's job. The manager is supposed to be some type of bridge. You know, I, I view him as like the quarterback of their team. And if that means like they've got realtors or they've got a financial advisor, they've got a tax person, they obviously have an attorney. I would think the manager is kind of like the hub of the wheel and he knows all the players, but like the buck stops with him. Um, so there's some, there's some gray lines with some of my clients of like, you know, I handle more of things that I shouldn't um for them just you know because you know they either don't have that person in their life or you know they feel like everything's working well now why why bring another person in the fold that we don't know um but it, there's there's definitely times where i feel like you know the manager can be setting up the bills he can be doing everything but then that opens up some some uh holes that could open them up for security or you know mismanaging of their funds because if they become power of attorney or they get credit cards on the account there's just an extra layer there that you know the player's got to be real comfortable with that he's given somebody else access to whereas mm-hmm. with me you know it's them and i don't have access to anything other than moving it to their accounts so um i think it just gives them peace of mind that you know it's really just them so not saying that you're controlling or anything but do you like that you're in control for these kids like for these people i mean some of them are probably kids or were kids at one point so do you feel like you have the better knowledge of this because you have the experience already before them so to help them out in the situations i mean that that's like when i meet parents for the first time they in this business uh with regular clients they want to know you know how many years you've been doing it and how much money you manage that's kind of like their big thing but with athletes it's like tell me i'm not the only one like give me names of people that you've worked for and so you have to you have to be doing it because they all don't want to be the token kid that they put their trust in and you don't know what it takes and that's why i feel like if if upstairs so i work in the same building that i used to uh downtown and there's 50 advisors upstairs and i I feel in my heart of hearts if, you know, somebody walked through there and said, hey, I'm a, I play for the Titans and I'm looking for a financial advisor, 50 people would come running down there, but not one of them uh, knows what it takes and what's entailed because, you know, all they see is I want to manage their money and they're a professional athlete and that, that would be fun. Um, but there, there's a lot that goes into it because, I, I, you know, the banking aspect for them is what's important, right? The, the, the investments are, are secondary, which is, which is the complete opposite of when they're done playing. It's all about the investments, and, you know, they can start to, oh, I, I can pay my own bills or I can pay for, you know, I, I can be an adult now. Um, but it's, it's hard because, you know, they, they play so long, and then in the offseason they want to shut it down and take a trip. And then, you know, like this year, I, I think about this year in the NBA, of them basically playing until, I mean, they're still playing in the playoffs, and then they're going to go to – 
Tokyo for the Olympics, and then they're going to start this year's season back on a normal track in October. So you're going to be done late August. You have training camp September the 15th, and you start the season October 15th. So these guys are playing year-round, and people that don't know would be like, well, Zach, I work year-round. Like, what's the difference? But, you know, they're they're – they're different, right? I mean, they're on the road every other night. You know, they got to take care of their body. They got to eat right. I mean, it's just they get compensated well, but it, it's it's a full it's a full job. I mean, they got trainers with them on the road and just always in the gym. So um, it, it's just a different life. It's just a different life. So if you have a professional athlete that you've they've been your client, you've managed them through their career, and they retire, would they continue to stick with you? I, every case is going to be different but i would it, hope so i mean because i'm still managing the money they, they may not I, my hope would be that they could become an adult and start taking on some <laughs> of the responsibilities but I, i'm sure in their eyes it's uh you know i'm already paying you but at some point it's you know you can handle this like i can take care of the investments of what you pay me to do but you can handle the rest of it but if they're not paying for the service why would they want to give that up right it's like zach will always be here and so <laughs> it's um I don't know the answer to that. I've got some at the end of their career now, but I would like to think that I would see them until either there's no money or, you know, they, they, they can handle it on their own. Um, you know, it's almost like a, a parent in one way of, like, I've seen them through the good, the bad. The, most of them are what I would consider family. I mean, I've seen them from getting out of high school to college to, you know, first child to married to, you know, moving around the country and their parents. And um, so it's it's – I have a tight – knit of of relationships that um i would think that you know something's got to happen to me or or them for that to be broken but when they stop getting those game checks Mm -hmm. if if they live off the money they made as a pro athlete how would that change or would that change for you no it shouldn't change other than you know instead of checks coming in it's me moving money from their investments over and that's an education for them because you know if you're fortunate to play professionally until you're let's just say mid 30s that money has to last you for longer than you've been alive right i mean it's got to get you to 59 before you can hit your pension or your 401k and then you know the rest of your life and so the expectations at that point change of like hey how much i was making then to dial it down to this is what it takes to live and so um i think i'm probably needed more at the end because right now it's like oh there's another check coming in there's no you know there's i can't spend what i have coming in but they're not they're not thinking 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road when they've got kids in college and trying to figure that out um so you know and it's it's it goes back to education right because they don't they don't understand about you know 401k matches or things that all the benefits they have and perks they have access to is not important to them right now because uh it's just you know they're making so much that you know the additional money just doesn't doesn't phase them what are some of the employer employee perks that a professional athlete would have that may surprise us or or just may be the same perks that a regular working person would have just compounded or or you know a bigger slice of the pie i, I think um you know i think about the nfl that uh, you know they get a they get a tough rap because you know nfl players you know their body gets banged up but i mean they get uh, i think it's twenty five thousand dollars a year in an hsa account for health care right so i mean you know even if they had to go get supplemental health insurance i i dare say if they played five or six years i mean that that should get them there right um you know they're the 401ks for uh nfl uh i want to say it's two for one and the nba's 
two something and one, maybe like two and a half or three to one. So, I mean, they've got great money. But, you know, again, if you talk to, you know, uh, an NBA player and they say, well, you know, Zach, I can't afford – my first client told me that he could not afford to put, I think at the max at the time was like $15,000 in a 401k. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't afford it? And he was like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, what's a lot of money to you? And his first game check was like $60,000 or something. And I'm like, you know, you're not going to miss. And he was like, no, you're right. I'm not going to miss it. But he he was like, well, can I do that every check? And I'm like, no, it's one time. And then you're going to get two for one. So your 15 becomes 45. And then he looked at me like, who cares? Like what, 45,000, like, that's that's nothing and then i try to tell him well over the course of 10 more years and what that's going to grow to if it you know so they just don't know and so trying to walk them through that is um is somebody has to right and some of the agents do a good job other agents you know all they care about is getting them their next contract because that's how they get paid um but if you take time to invest and teach them i don't have any clients that are just like no i don't want to do that you know because the the day they're paying me to help them right so um i try to I try to educate them as much as I can. And at the end of the day, they got to make the decision. Um, but it, it usually comes down, well, what would you do? And so, you know. Well, I think we've kind of run the gamut of some of the behind the scenes of pro athlete finances, but we would be remiss if we did not take a chance to give you the opportunity to tell any horror stories that you may be able to tell Names have been changed to protect the innocent, maybe. So we're, we're not putting you on the spot for, you know, Ryan G. did this. But um, if you can uh, remove some names and maybe tell a story or two, or tell names if you – I mean, we're all about, you know, full transparency, but we don't want to get you in trouble. Um, you know, there, there was a – security is a big deal, um, you know, with, with – my clients and uh knowing what's coming out of the account what's going and we had a baseball player that was at training camp and he was down in tampa and at the time i, I he had a house cleaner and she, he had a lot of, of valuables from macbooks to uh, tag watches a rolex just big ticket items and we had a house cleaner steal his checkbook and write a check to herself and so you know nobody said you know, crooks were smart, uh, but well, she didn't have a financial advisor <laughs> showing her how to make this work. You know, she went to public school. Um, I was trying to think of other big things that y'all y'all would find funny, but uh, the only other one that comes to mind is uh, there's a show called Top Gear that um, deals with high end cars, and a client of mine was playing basketball overseas, and he. Um, he had somehow ran across these guys and that portrayed themselves as part of Top Gear and that you can buy shells of high-end cars. And I don't know why you would do that because then you, you're you're left with, like, a Honda engine and a Lamborghini or something and you get, you know, left at the red light. Uh, but anyway, he, he pushed for it, and I um, was like, look, you know, this, this wire is going to go to Panama, and I don't feel confident that I can't get it back if it goes. And he was like, no, they're telling me it'll be there by the time I get home. It takes like eight weeks. And I'm like, you know, I Google the place, and it ends up like the shack, and I don't even know, like, how cars can be made out of there. And um, sure enough, we wired the money, and it, it we never saw any, a penny of it. Uh, said same client um, went shopping in Mulan for clothes, and he had to we had to crate them home. 
like I mean, not ship them, but crate them, and um, you know they they just it's a lot of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of clothes. You gotta need a crate. A lot of expensive clothes. You can so take a... every piece of clothing I've earned in my entire <laughs> or not earned had in my entire life, and I probably wouldn't need a crate. I don't even know how big a crate is, but I'm gonna say I don't need one. Yeah. Um, little, I can't. Little I duffel can't, bag would get me. <laughs> I can't think of any any big stories that um you know i mean we have clients that you know buy expensive watches um there was a client that um he wanted to buy a uh, a rolex and he didn't really he didn't want to spend the money or he thought he wanted to spend the money and i was up there for all-star weekend and um the watch was like seventy five thousand dollars, and he was going back and forth should he buy it should he afford it and i'm like like at the end of the day you can afford whatever you know you can afford whatever but you know what are you going to do with it he already had a, a different brand of watch and uh so he he was like well you know my my shoe deal is uh if i win um mvp tonight they'll give me a hundred thousand dollars and so he was like so if i get that can i get the watch and i'm like you know it's your money so you know i didn't want to get off into the weeds of well 100 really becomes 50 so we're still 25 short um but he he went out there and won mvp and got the watch i mean you know it's it's funny to me that athletes you tell them not to do something and they're going to try real hard to do it right you can't run through that wall and they will die trying um and it's, it's the motivation thing that the challenge thing michael jordan always said he would make something up mm-hmm. you know or this guy said this about me or mm-hmm. whatever just because he he's looking mm-hmm. for, for some kind of motivation because it, any pro season is a long season whether you're playing 60 or 16 games 17 games now or 162 it's still a long season so you need that motivation but i guess a $75,000 watch to me that that's that's a house like yeah. that that's part of a house right there it is there, there's you know again it goes back to the education right of like you know i have a client that bought a substantial house 10,000 plus square foot in Minnesota and now he lives in San Francisco and he called me with the realtor and said this can't be right like they're showing me houses that are half my size for triple the price I'm like welcome to the west coast like I mean what do you want me to tell you and so but you know they just don't know um I asked said client last week of like what's gas in California right now I don't know like the card worked like no clue right and it's over five dollars <laughs> just no clue uh, so they, they just they're just different and I, again i tried to put myself in their shoes if i was 20 plus years old and had the world at my hands right what appears to be in my hands um it, i don't know that i would be any different um, what would be a difference now that we've seen behind the scenes of athletes if, if ryan walked in or fano or myself walked in and we were 25 years old, starting out, first career, kind of big boy job. Hey, I want to prepare for my future. What would you start? How would you start just a regular guy with a regular regular person, guy or girl, with a regular job? What would be your advice to them if they came to see you? Uh, it's, it's different for everybody, but I, I would say, you know, <laughs> you would want to establish some type of understanding of a budget like you know philosophy and if you're married you know being on the same page with your wife is is important um but or husband or husband if right? you're a wife coming to see zach <laughs> which I, I would say that most men control the finances as 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 
wrong as that is or right. Um, but it also has proven that men die first. So then the woman is going to take over. And if they're in the dark, it's, it's a learning curve for them. Mm. Um, but I would say to get on some type of budget, right. And, and just live within your means. It sounds so simple, but you know, some people just can't do it. Um, yeah, for me, I've got friends that just can't understand Zach, why you run everything on your credit card. Right. And, you know, cause they, they feel like I'll, I, I, I won't pay it. And then I'll get, you know, so far behind and you just have to be diligent because in my eyes, I'm not giving up the one and a half or 2% that I get for every transaction I make on my credit card. And number two, the safety of it. If somebody steals my credit card number, I don't care. Right. Let Visa worry about it. Send me a new one. Um, whereas if they got my debit card fighting with a bank to get my money back is much different. Um, and you need a debit card because of getting cash out. I, I understand that. Um, but you know, I think it just, if you can get on the same page with your spouse and then come up with a plan of, you know, this is important now. And if that means getting a house or setting goals to take care of cars and getting out of debt, um, you know, that, that's, that's probably where I would start. Um, if you had a grown up job and you have benefits and, you know, we start talking about, are you contributing enough for retirement? If you have kids, you know, should you be setting up 529 accounts to take care of education? Um, I mean, you can expound upon after the budget and, you know, how are we living? Um, because then you can get off in the weeds of, you know, should I be paying off my house faster? You know, should I refinance with rates under 3%? There's just a lot of things that you could get off on, but I I feel like, you know, if you set the foundation of, you know, this is the money we have, this is what we want to save for and then retirement or whatever that goal is, that's where I would start. Hmm. And something you said, we talked earlier one of your your first points to us was take the free money Mm -hmm. if you have an employer who offers 401k or whatever take the free money absolutely i mean that that's probably the first place you would start because if again you're probably not going to get the dollar per dollar or two dollars for everyone like an athlete would but you know most jobs give something if it's you know a quarter of a percent or a dollar per dollar up to six percent because if you put in, and I'm just for easy math here, if, if, if you make $100,000 and you get to put in six, right? So you put in six grand and they're going to give you, they're going to match it dollar per dollar. So they give you six. If you do nothing with your six, except put it in cash, you've immediately got a hundred percent return, right? So, so you should get every penny that they're willing to do. And I, the biggest uh, rebuttal I hear about that is Zach, I can't afford to do that. If you start early, it's very easy not to miss that money. If you wait later and try to catch up, it, it's, it becomes – because you've, you've adjusted your lifestyle to needing that. And mm-hmm. so it's hard to go, it's hard mm-hmm. to go back. Um, so Yeah, so when you get your first big boy or big girl job, if you take that off right away from the get-go, you never miss it because you, you never knew anything yeah. other than it. that. Right. Yeah. To put a church angle like on that of, of, you know, if you start tithing early, right, you never miss it. And so then if you, you know, as you make more money, it's just habit versus trying to do it once you've made money because you'll never make enough, right? There'll always be something. Um, so it's just to train you early to, you know, be diligent enough to do it. There's always something. Ford had a new truck. I was reading an article. They have a new hybrid truck coming out. I was like, man, I could really use the Maverick. The Maverick. Maverick. Mm. My brother-in-law wants that thing so bad. It looked nice, and they make it afford. It's only it's only twenty thousand dollars for the base model. I'm going to tell you something that I tell all my clients. So my grandparents, my parents, aunts and uncles have all retired from Ford. So 
and I tell my clients this too, if you ever go get a new Ford, you should call me because, you know, I make my parents wait on hold to get the little pin number, but you get the A plan price, right? So it saves you, you know, three, four, five thousand, whatever it is. And so my dad hates it because he's like, Zach, you know, I think last year I bought like 15 cars for clients of mine through Ford, but each parent and each person gets like 15 a year. So I could literally buy like 60 cars on this deal every year, <laughs> but they hate it because it's like they wait on HR hold for ever and <laughs> Zach you and I need to go to lunch one day soon and have discuss you. my have your, financial future have yourself right. a maverick maybe my automotive future that would be uh, great you're buying by the way Father's Day so right not, not, the, not to Just backtrack saying. not to backtrack or anything but you you did bring in the whole Christian aspect of this and that's why we're here is to you know bring that Christian aspect to these random everyday topics right but do you ever feel like there's a gray area when someone's asking you to clear money and you think, okay, my morals say this is not the right thing to do? Not, I mean, it could be buying a car and you're like, hey, yeah, you can't afford that. You need to buy something cheaper. Or they're in Las Vegas and they're going to do something inappropriate and you're like, hey, that's not the right thing and I don't want to hit this button to push this money through. Does that ever is there, is there a gray area there where you're like, I have to say yes, but at the same time, you know you don't want to or don't need to? For purchases, probably not. Because um, at the end of the day, I I advise them, but they have to make that decision. Um, I think where my moral compass gets, gets off would be um, – you know, I don't remember how many years ago we had the revival, um, six, seven years ago. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. a while. Um, but, you know, I was really convicted of am I at the right place? You know, if somebody saw Zach coming out of a club at 2, 3, 4 in the morning, regardless that, you know, I don't drink, but, you know, the perception is what are you doing at that at that right. time, right? Exactly. And so um, – it's hard for me because I, I have clients that have, you know, crosses and they've got tattoos and um, I don't – and then I see them because of social media, right, if it's on Instagram or Twitter, you know, all the things. I'm not on TikTok, but I'm sure they are. Um, <laughs> to see them do things, um, it's hard because, I mean, they know where I stand on, on topics. Right. Um, but I don't know that I have done a good enough job to, you know – persuade them is not the right word but just to educate them on how you need to know what that cross stands for that you're wearing or hey you know do you know what that tattoo um so um i'm gonna say i don't do a good enough job but they all know they all know where i stand i guess is the best way i know how to put that good nice so we have young children here let's finish with we always want to make or i shouldn't assume for you all but for me I want to do better than my parents did, and I want my children to do better than me. So setting up college funds, if you could talk about that just a little bit, kind of what goes into that um, and and some details, because that was something I was never educated on. You really don't care before you have kids, obviously, but what's some of the um, baby steps to kind of get that started or, or what that entails and how, how to go about doing that. So you, I mean, it's no different than like a, you know, everybody has a checking account. Everybody has a savings account. You know, if you branch out now, you've got an investment account. So an education account for a child is just called a 529, um, which basically means it's trying to like an IRA for, for education. So for every dollar you put in and it grows, you know, let's say your dollar becomes $10. As long as you use that money for education, it's not taxed. So now they don't go to school. You can change the beneficiary. Um, 
you know, so you can make it. And 529s now um, are much more loose, right? So, like, they can pay for private school now. They can do books. They can do computers. They, they you can get your money out of them. Um, but, I mean, to open up a 529, I mean, you can do it at – you can do it anywhere. I mean, I don't care if it's at a bank. You can do it, you know, through Ameritrade. You can do it through, you know, Raymond J. I mean, you can do it anywhere. So um, I have – I have two accounts for Zoe, um, which is basically I have a 529, and then I have an UPMA. Uh, the UPMA is, I, I, in my mind, I was using that, um, is it's her money at 21, right? So, like, I, I direct it, but then at 21, it's hers. But I've always thought, you know, that that would be for a car or that would be for, you know, a wedding or something that I could still – use it before it really became hers at 21 um and then i have i have an education account too so um those would be the two i would look at for um for for children so each bank if you're bank of america or a credit union or something they all have those accounts they you would can all go. have them yes they would all have them and or you could do them online through fidelity or america i mean every every big bank brokerage would would be able to open up either one all right. Well, Zach, we appreciate you coming. We appreciate the stories, yeah. and uh, more so we appreciate just the education. And we hope that you all get something out of this and you're able to help yourself or better yourself financially. And uh, thanks again. And next time you come on, we, we hope you have uh, some stories. You know, we're, we'll give you a little advance notice. You can come with the real stories, <laughs> and yeah. and we'll have story time with Zach, and we'll talk about how <laughs> – he and I went to lunch, and he got me a brand-new Ford Maverick for $18 and change. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah. But we finish each week with a, a Bible verse, and Zach, um, we, we didn't want to put that pressure on you since your first time. But if, if you come back next time, we, we might do that. But yeah. Today, Ryan's going to bail you out. Yeah, so today's verse is from uh, Luke 18, uh, verse 25, and it says, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And what, I mean, just what that means to me is like, you can go out there and work every single day and make money and do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, when you leave this earth, you're not taking that with you. You're going exactly. to a better place that that money doesn't, doesn't exist. Like it, it's, it's dirt on the no ground, value. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what it means to me. That's a, that's a good verse because I, I relay that differently to my clients of, you know what, I've never seen a U-Haul at a funeral home. So you can't yeah. you can't take anything with you. And so what are you doing, you know, now to make a difference that, you know, storing it up doesn't does does nothing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, so boys, that's the end of another one. I think we did did pretty well for ourselves. So yeah. thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. First 100 people that like our YouTube channel. Get to clicking. Get to clicking, fellas. Girls, <laughs> children, children, Grant, <laughs> yeah, and tell your tell your friends and family. If if you get all ten people that live in your household or neighbors or whatever, that you're just upping your own odds. Yep, because you can probably get a piece of that gift card if they win it. Oh yeah, it's a shame. But, all right, well, thank you for listening, and we will see you all next week on GPS to God. Good job. Told you it goes by fast. It does. It does. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to GPS to God. Please leave us a rating on iTunes and also subscribe on YouTube and hit the bell if you'd like to receive notifications when new episodes air.